Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we are looking at Deuteronomy chapter 3 and 4, and basically what we get is a conquest against Og in chapter 3, and the beginning of Moses' sermon basically in chapter four. So Jenny, as we read over these things, uh, what stuck out to you? What do you want to talk about? I was making a list of no's. So no Moses. He's not allowed to enter the promised land. Oh, this is the, okay. All right. No idols. Oh, nice. And no (laughs) No, killing the murderers. No people of Og at all. (laughs) That too, yeah. (laughs) Oh, cities of refuge with no killing the murderers. Right, right. Uh, Manslayers. Whatever. Same difference. Uh, I mean, actually actually. it's not. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, I made a list of no's. Uh, and I feel really bad, especially for Moses, because he keeps making these comments about how he's, like, irritated with the Israelites because he's not allowed, like, he is not allowed to go in because of the instance with the rock where they were complaining for water. He wanted to provide what he could for them with the help of God and just is really salty because he didn't follow God's directions. So we actually, like, we we passed up on that in a previous episode. Was that yesterday, I, I think? I believe it was yesterday. Um, yeah. But the line that Moses keeps repeating is, the Lord was angry with me because of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have, like, a deep theological anything to that. I should probably study on what's going on there, but it, it just seems like he has a really bad attitude. <laughs> I guess, can you imagine, like, a leader being like, well, the reason we're doing this is, or the reason we're here is because of all your dumb decisions. Or like, and it's all your fault. It just seems, it seems like childish almost on Moses' behalf. So the the instance is in Numbers chapter 20, where Moses is supposed to talk to a rock instead of Hit striking it. it. Yeah. And he's supposed to talk to the rock because it's supposed to glorify God. In front of everybody. We've been talking about how God loves to be glorified. He actually says in this passage that he is a jealous God. That means he wants the attention. You can hear that and think, oh, that's gross. Or you can be like, okay, that's who God is. Um, Moses did not obey. And it seems to me like when you read the passage, when you read Numbers 20, like that is totally Moses' fault. Isn't it interesting, though? Because like I think of other accounts where he has used a staff to do these miraculous things like parting yeah the sea and his staff or i guess it was Aaron's staff a lot of times it was Aaron's staff into... yeah so like maybe there's like this dumb connection between well maybe if i just use the staff <laughs> yeah i mean he could have thought it was know. like a magic it's wand just, or something it seems weird i think it is indicative of the fact that he's not allowed to go into the promised land cuz his attitude is still terrible and again mm-hmm. I admittedly have not like studied on this extensively, but just reading over it, it's like, man, something is wrong with this guy. Can you imagine how defeating that would be, though? Like you, his job was not an easy one at all in any way, shape or form just to get there and be like, no, you're not allowed. I'm don't. And God even says like in these words, don't ask me again. (laughs) Yeah, he does actually plead with God. Like he does actually say, hey, God, can you please let me in? And God's like, no, like I'm sticking to my judgment here. Mm -hmm. And we've seen God like yield to Moses and we've seen God not yield to Moses. Um, I just think that it is odd and it does. um, It it is a common thing in churches today for pastors to be so frustrated with their people that they just consistently blame their people. Um, And if you know me, this is not something that's present in my life today, or I'm not talking about any specific person. Um, (laughs) It is a thing that happens where it's like, ah, those people. And it's not a good thing. Like we, we all seek the Lord together 
And usually when you're saying something like this, when, when you're saying something like God's mad at me because of you, mm-hmm. there is a pride issue there. There's yeah. an arrogance there that's not healthy. And so I'm, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't love that Moses is speaking this way. I'm also saying it sounds very childish. And I, I think that is probably part of why he's not going to go. Like mm-hmm. there is something in him that's not yielded over to the Lord. And it's obvious in the way he's talking to his people. Well, did you want to add anything else? About no, that? Okay. no, no. So next chapter, something that really stuck out to me was chapter four, verse 23, where he is warning against idolatry. And he says, take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he made with you. So it's just kind of like this warning all packaged up and all of this stuff. And he, he goes through the list of things. Don't make an idol of this, of this, of this. Like he covers all the bases. Um, but it's just a reminder of like, God made the covenant with you. Don't turn your back on him because he chose you for this. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. We, we see in chapter four that God is so faithful to his promise to Abraham. He's so faithful to his covenant. He cannot lie or change. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also see there's, there is some prophecy there that's kind of awkward for the Israelites. Um, it, it basically Moses says, like, if you start to worship idols, uh, the Lord is going to hand you over. So if you look at uh, chapter four, verse 28, and there you will serve God. This is talking about in some other land. There you will serve gods of wood and stone and the work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. This is looking ahead. It's it's almost like um, in Genesis 15, we see Abraham looking past when the Israelites come out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Now we see Moses looking past where Israel and Judah disobey God and get carried into exile. Mm-hmm. And then they they repent and they're allowed to come back into the land. Like, this is way, way, way ahead. We're talking, like, Jeremiah, Daniel, yeah. like, way ahead. Um, but the, here it is, another another prophecy that is fulfilled. We're going to see that over and over and over again. Um, along with the idea of the land, uh, there there is in chapter 3, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, but I don't, wanna, I don't want anybody listening to think we're ignoring it. There's some vicious conquest mm-hmm. in Deuteronomy chapter 3. No um, men, no women, no children, no nothing. It's it's pretty vicious. Um, so I want to I want to just quickly I think our worldview, the way that that Christians, the way that believers see the world, is very different than the way that everybody else sees the world. And so as a believer, we believe that there is sin, and sin is anything that misses the mark that's against God. And so God is setting up in Genesis that if you miss the mark, you deserve death. That is like established with Adam and Eve. And so God, when he makes his covenant with Abraham says, I'm going to give you this land, um, but you can't actually go into the land because of the sins of the Amorites are not yet complete. That's Genesis 15, 16. And what that says is sin deserves death. The Amorites are sinful people. I would like to try to be gracious and compassionate to them. That's actually established in Deuteronomy uh, 4. He says, the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers. Um, But when you consistently go against God, you do deserve judgment. And at some point, because God is just, he executes that judgment. Now, God is gracious. He's compassionate. He's merciful. When we trust Jesus as our sacrifice, we're not under judgment anymore. Like we can can trust Jesus um, and we can be freed of this because Jesus' death atones for our sin. Um, But the, the people here, like the people in Og, 
they were pretty wicked evil people. Like what we know about the people in Canaan is that they regularly sacrificed children. Um, there was so many sexual things involved in their worship um, that they were regularly like taking advantage of women as temple prostitutes. Um, there was like every kind of sexual terribleness under the sun was present in Canaan at that time. And it was present in their worship of their idols. And so we do know that the people of Canaan were very evil. Mm-hmm. And apparently um, it came to a point where God is like, Hey, I'm not going to permit this anymore. And one of the interesting things is about God is that he doesn't only do that to other peoples. He does that to Israel mm-hmm. when they refuse to worship him. So God is holy. God is just. And so when we see this like complete devastation, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, you will note that the original authors, like they don't spend any time explaining like, is this okay or not? Because yeah. it actually didn't make them uncomfortable. They saw it as, hey, this is God's judgment on people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's it's like total destruction. Now there is some question there because we do find that these people actually lived uh, beyond this passage. Uh, there's archaeological evidence for people in Gog that were Canaanites much later on. I think it's like ninth century or something. Um so not necessarily everybody was destroyed like it like it says. We think there is some hyperbole here. Um, but basically, God is gracious. He is merciful. But there is judgment. And here we see some of that judgment exercised on the people. Um, and he'll eventually put that same judgment on his own people. So so what would you say a year part is for today? Um, I, th- I think the thing about Moses is really interesting. Like, I don't mm. love that he keeps blaming the people for his sin. How often do we do that, though? Like, we put our our issues on someone else or our blame or whatever just to make ourselves feel better or justified. Seriously. Pro- probably so often that I would like it to not be recorded and broadcasted oh, somewhere. <laughs> um, so I think it is. It's a, it's a really healthy reminder to be humble. Like humility is so important mm-hmm. uh, to our walk with Jesus. And it's awful and hard to do. It is. It is hard to do. Especially and I, when you feel wronged. I think we are seeing Moses struggle to do that. I think we're seeing Moses struggling to be humble, uh, which makes sense because <laughs> I think he has a lot of bitterness towards mm-hmm. these folks. Um, and he, he probably he probably has some bitterness towards God, honestly, that he's not allowed to do the, this thing that he's been looking forward to. Uh, but I think it is a it's a great call out for us um, just to strive for complete humility in our lives. I was reading this book today that talks about how one of the key things to being humble is constantly reminding yourself of how sinful and fallen you are mm-hmm. and how much you need God's grace. Uh, and when you are constantly reminding yourself of how much you need God's grace, it's very easy to extend that grace mm-hmm, to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not like a beat yourself up every day kind of thing. This is like a critique that I've heard many times. Like Christians, they just like to beat themselves up. This is reminding yourself of how gracious and merciful your Savior has been to you mm-hmm. um, because you do have sin and God gave his life so that you would not be judged for your sin. Mm-hmm. And so when we realize that, when we live in that reality, um, it's a lot easier to extend grace to other people. We, we don't end up saying, because of you people, God did this. <laughs> so it's, it's not a great look. Not at all. So, yeah. So strive for humility today. Uh, maybe live a life that doesn't sound like old man Moses, <laughs> even though we love Moses. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.
Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's Plan Your Part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Deuteronomy chapter three. Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan, and Og the king of Bashan came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. But the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have given him and all his people and his land into your hand. And you shall do to him as you did to Sion the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon. So the Lord our God gave into our hand Og also, the king of Bashan and all his people, and we struck him down until he had no survivor left. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not one city that we did not take from them. Sixty cities, the whole region of Argbad, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. All these were cities fortified with high walls, gates, and bars, besides very many unwalled villages. And we devoted them to destruction, as we did to the Sihon, the king of Heshbon, devoting to destruction every city, men, women, and children, but all the livestock and the spoil of the cities we took as our plunder. So we took the land at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, from the valley of Arnon to Mount Hermon. The Sidonians call Hermon Syrian, while the Amorites call it Senir. All the cities of the tableland and the Gilead and all Bashan, as far as Selek and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og, the king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephaim. Behold, his bed was a bed of iron. Is it not in Rabbah of the Amorites? Nine cubits was its length, and four cubits was its breadth, according to the common cubit. When we took possession of this land at that time, I gave it to the Reubenites and the Gadites, the territory beginning at Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and half of the hill country of Gilead with its cities. The rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, the kingdom of Og, that is, all the region of Argob, I gave to the half-tribe of Manasseh. All of that portion of Bashan is called the land of Rephaim. Jer the Messonite took all the region of Argob, that is, Bashan, as far as the border of the Gushrites and the Machathites, and called the villages after his own name, Havathjar, and as is to this day. To Machir I gave Gilead, and to the Reubenites and the Gadites I gave the territory from Gilead as far as the valley of the Arnon, with the middle of the valley as the border, as far over as the river Jabbok, and the border of the Ammonites. The Arba also, with the Jordan as its border, from Chinnereth as far as the Sea of Araba, the, sea, the Salt Sea, under the slopes of the Pisgah on the east. And I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess. All your men of valor shall cross over armed before your brothers, the people of Israel. 
only your wives, your little ones, and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, shall remain in the cities that I have known, until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as to you, and they also occupy the land that your Lord your God gives them beyond the Jordan. Then each of you may return to his possession, which I have given you. And I commanded Joshua at that time, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to those two kings. So will the Lord do to the kingdoms into which you are crossing. You shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. And I pleaded to the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country of and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, Enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and look at it with your eyes, for you shall not go over this Jordan. But charge Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he shall go over at the head of this people, and he shall put them in possession of the land that you shall see. So he remained in the valley opposite Beth Peor. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them, that you may live, and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that you will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, whenever we call upon him? And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I have set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. How on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and they may teach their children so. And you came near, and you stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire at the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form, and there was only a voice. And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules, that you might do them in the land that you were going over to possess. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware, lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves, in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, 
the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. And beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven. And when you see the sun and the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole of heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance, as you are this day. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me because of you. And he swore that I should not cross the Jordan and that I should not enter the good land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. For I must die in this land. I must not go over to the Jordan. But you shall go over and take possession of that good land. Take care lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and made a, and make a carved image the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you father children and children's children and have grown old in that land, if you act corruptly by making a carved image in the form of anything, and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will not live long in it, but will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, a work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. For ask now of the days that are past which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other whether such a great thing as this has ever happened or ever heard of. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Out of heaven he let you hear his voice, that he might discipline you. And on earth he let you see his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved your fathers, and chose their offspring after them, and brought you out of Egypt with his own presence by his great power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than you, to bring you in, to give you their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore today, and lay it to your heart, that the Lord is God in heaven above, and on earth beneath, there is no other. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and commandments which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. Then Moses set apart three cities in the east beyond the Jordan, that the manslayer might flee there. Anyone who kills his neighbor unintentionally, without being at enmity with him in time past, he may flee to one of these cities and save his life. Bezer in the wilderness on the tableland for the Reubenites, Ramoth and Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan and Bashan for the Manassites. This is the law that Moses set before the people of Israel. 
These are the testimonies, the statutes, the rules, which Moses spoke to the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt, beyond the Jordan, in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon, whom Moses and the people of Israel defeated when they came out of Egypt. And they took possession of his land and the land of Og, the king of Bashan, the two kings of the Amorites, who lived in the east beyond the Jordan. From Aor, which is on the edge of the valley of Arnon, as far as Mount Sirion, that is Hermon, together with all of Arabah on the east side of the Jordan, as far as the Sea of Arabah under the slopes of Pisgah. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.